Good evening, ghouls and ghoulettes, and welcome to Killer Horror Critic, the podcast worth dying for. Hosted by the Killer Horror Critic himself, this is the show where guests from all over the horror spectrum join to talk about some of their favorite horror films. So get snugged under the covers, grab a cuddly puppy, and prepare for tonight's blood-curdling episode of Killer Horror Critic. Good evening, horror fans, and welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Chris. And this is a show where my wife and I argue over horror films like a couple of drunks at the bar. So maybe you never learn anything, but hopefully you have a good time <laughs> listening. So tonight we are wrapping up our Snowbound Terror Month with kind of what I consider the quintessential snow horror movie, which is <laughs> Jack Frost. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about the 1997 version, not the stupid Michael Keaton 1998 version. <laughs> I'm talking about the fun, gory movie here with the killer snowman, not Michael Keaton riding on a sleigh like a weird, creepo snowman with his sons. <laughs> that also sounds horrifying. It is. <laughs> that, uh, the, the Michael Keaton version is terrifying. Like, what what mother in her right mind would let her snowman ex hang out with their son sledding? <laughs> That's how you get frostbite. Is the dad? And, and no, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go there. All right, let's just, <laughs> just no, no Michael Keaton version. We're talking about Jack Frost, 1997 version, written and directed by Michael Cooney, uh, who some of you may know uh, also directed Jack Frost 2. Yes, there is a sequel, and he also wrote uh, the film Identity with John Cusack. I love that uh, movie. That's a great film. Really good film. Yeah. Um, usually we have releases to go over for the week, but since we're ending. The year here and getting close to 2021, you know, there's usually not a lot towards the end of December, and this week there's just nothing I felt worth mentioning. So. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. Uh, I, I will say, you know, Promising Young Women is supposed to be out uh, on Christmas Day. I'm not sure if it's just theaters or VOD or exactly what the release detail is for that. It's not horror, but that's the closest thing I can think to something <laughs> worth mentioning for, <laughs> for the week. You know, it's a little bit of a thriller about a woman getting... Uh, uh, vengeance on men who take advantage of women and stuff like that. So it looks very good. Yeah. I've heard mixed reviews. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that <laughs> turns out. But So we usually do a bit of spoiler-free stuff here. Uh, we'll let you know we're about to get into spoiler territory. Jack Frost is streaming on Shudder and I think Tubi or Prime if you've never seen it. So check it out there if you can. Uh, but again, we'll let you know we're about to spoil it. So this film is basically a play on the Jack Frost story but only in this case a snowman is possessed by a deranged serial killer named jack frost uh who possesses a snowman after a chemical spill gets all over him during a transport to his execution and he decides to go on a killing spree in the town uh, in the small town called snowminton of the sheriff who caught him and sent him to prison in the first place so so we always do an audience reaction for these movies, kind of getting your take on what you think of the film. I post a poll every week on Twitter at Killer from Space to kind of get your thoughts and see what you think. So between love it, it's fine, don't like it, and never seen it, where do you think Jack Frost falls? You, I don't care what the poll says. Love it. I hope. I want it to be love it. 
<laughs> Why do you I say know. I don't care? I don't care what the poll says. I don't know what it says, but I'm going to say I, love it. Because <laughs> I'm going to be really sad if it's not love it. Well, love it did squeak it out. It's, Yay! Uh, 38% love it. 34% uh, say it's fine. 14% don't like it. And 14% have never seen it. So I think that falls about where I expect. You know, I'm actually surprised that uh, that it's only 14% that haven't seen it because Jack Frost is kind of one of the... Uh, Again, I don't like calling these movies obscure because I feel like everybody, if you're a horror fan, you probably know of it. But it is maybe one of the less beloved (laughs) (laughs) uh, Christmas horror films. I I think by people who have seen it, you know, there's a vast majority that enjoy it, if not love it. But I think think it's one of those where at first glance, you know, you look at the cover and and it's, you know, a smaller studio and everything. And I, I feel like when I was growing up, you know, I remember I'd see it in Blockbuster and think, well, that looks pretty ridiculous you know <laughs> but but you never looked at it as like man i bet i'm gonna love that movie you know it always looked like such a kind of throwaway thing until yeah. you finally see it and you're like oh my god this movie's actually a fucking blast <laughs> it, it looks like one of those b b movie films that you're not sure if it's gonna be like a good shitty b film or a bad shitty b film right exactly so but anyway so we also have comments to go along with this so uh, again, these are all from Twitter, uh, at Doc underscore Maddox, and Maddox is M-A-D-D-O-X, says, Jack Frost is a bit like that peppermint candy that you get at Christmas time. It's cheap and not your first choice, but your sweet tooth eventually gets the better of you, and you'll munch a handful over and over and smile afterward with nostalgic glee. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure which peppermint candy you're talking about exactly, but I fucking love peppermint candy, so that's my go-to right away and i love this film so newsflash chris loves her mccanny um (laughs) (laughs) so what i'll say to that is no i I completely agree it's just like we were saying you know this is not what you would maybe traditionally call an a plus movie (laughs) (laughs) uh to say the least but but when you watch it you're you're satisfied with the fact that you have decided to watch this you know like it's for me it's like the peppermint candy like the peppermint candy they hand out at restaurants or something where I'm like, ah, I don't know, but then you have it, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's actually pretty refreshing. I'm glad I put that in my mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all crazy? Because this is like my, if I had to choose a go-to Christmas horror, I think Jack Frost would be my go-to Christmas horror. I'm oh, eating it, that peppermint candy first. Oh, I mean, it's certainly become mine. Like, you know, everybody says Silent Night, Deadly Night, or, you know, something like that. Christmas Evil is a really great one, but yeah. not what I would call fun. <laughs> You know, so everyone has that that movie that they love to watch on Christmas uh, in the horror genre. And for me, it is Jack Frost as well, just because, again, it's so much of Christmas horror is super dark and depressing, yep. <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, Silent Night, Deadly Night, that first one is just dark as fuck. Yep. Uh, Christmas Evil is dark and depressing. Um, you know, there, there are very few, like... 100% just fun having a good time Christmas horror movies. Exactly. Like, even, even Black Christmas, which is partially a comedy, uh, that one's also super dark and frightening, you know? And Jack Frost is just, like, it's this nice sort of in-between where it, it, it the premise has its creepy moments, kind of, kind but of. it's all played for laughs, yeah. you know? I will say, thinking about it, Peppermint is the perfect analogy for this film because it's a palate cleanser for yeah. all of our dark horror Christmas movies. Jack Frost is our peppermint palate cleanser. No, that's a good way to put it. You know, you have your you have your meal with Silent Night, Deadly Night or whatever, and then you have a Jack Frost palate cleanser, that little after dinner mint, you know, that just makes everything feel all refreshed and good and you're happy again, you know? And yeah. <laughs> all right, great analogy. Uh, 
Great analogy, Doc Maddox. Thank you so much for the comment. Really appreciate it. Uh, next up is my buddy uh, at Dami in LA. We talk on Twitter a lot. What's up, Dami? Uh, and he says, just screened this for my horror guys last night. Uh, Dami does a also does like a horror viewing every oh, cool. week with people. And anyway, just screened this with my horror guys last night. They had a lot of fun. The puns are dreadful, but the whole idea and kills are great. Love the techno explanation, and there's definitely something wrong with their kid. He's like impaired or something. Marla the secretary was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Marla is perfect. She's no. amazing. Yeah, it's, I'm not going to lie. I 100% show up for the puns. Like, the, the over-the-top kills definitely, like, have my interest. But the fact that we get so many just, like, terrible puns in this movie is, like, my favorite thing. <laughs> No, me too. And uh, I think it's safe to assume that Dami knows that about me as well. I think Dami has <laughs> called me out uh, a few times on my puns, but I, I fucking love puns. Yeah. I, I, I put them in my work all the time. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just a dad joke guy, but I, I love dumb puns. And Jack Frost beginning the end is just one dumb pun after another. Yeah. And they get me, you know, <laughs> the puns get me. Like <laughs> We are a pun family. We're a pun family in this house. And and no, I mean, to me, that's part of the charm of it is just how silly it all is. Because the like, the thing about Jack Frost that a lot of, we've talked about this before, that a lot of uh, lower budget horror films miss is that Jack Frost knows what it is. You know, yes. it, it, it knows that it's low budget. It knows that it's a silly concept, you know. And so Michael Cooney didn't go out there to try to make, you know, the Schindler's List of, <laughs> of Christmas horror films. He's... You know, he's out there making, like, Animal House, right? Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> you know, he's just trying to have a good time and, and have fun with it. And I and that really shows through the film. You know, you never you never sit down with Jack Frost and go, I, I don't like how these people are trying to take this so seriously, you know? Like, yeah. Like, why are you trying to make this goofy concept, this, like, dramatic thing, you know? And it's just a good time. <laughs> yeah, I, it's... One thing I really love about the film is how in it everybody who's doing it like everyone's fucking committed fucking weird townspeople yep you got them everybody's fucking weird and yet the sheriff's kid is oh we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about him so (laughs) anyway thank you nami for the comment really appreciate it uh next up is at dardar finch d-a-r-d-a-r-f-i-n-c-h and they say stupid fun but can't help enjoying it uh could do without the bathtub scene though that kind of thing played for laps is a bit much in my opinion I 100% agree. The It's a super fun film, but yeah, the bathtub kill is the only part of this movie that I kind of check out during. Yeah, so so there's a bathtub kill in this movie. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, I won't spoil like who it's with and everything, although if you've seen pictures of Jack Frost, you probably know. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing I will say, just to give Cooney a little bit of credit here, because I agree, you know, this is the one scene that a lot of people... Uh, I, I feel like it briefly turned off with with Jack Frost, and I totally get that. It's my understanding, though, that originally that scene was not shot to be rapey. <laughs> uh, originally, that scene, because so so think about it this way. All right, you've got the scene with uh, with the snowman and the person in the bathtub, and you know they're like baning them against the wall. And the thing was, the death is supposed to be just Jack Frost pummeling that person into the wall repeatedly yeah and i guess when they watched dailies you know someone pointed out like do you see what this looks like (laughs) and then it was like oh shit yes this looks like the snowman's raping them so and and at that point you know it's already been shot and there's not really a lot that they could do to work around it so 
So I think it was at that point where they inserted a couple shots to kind of play into what it looked like, you know, um, for gags. Like, I think I think the carrot nose shot might have been inserted. I don't know. Michael Cooney's probably going to listen to this and be like, you dumb fuck. I, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But, but it wasn't originally played that way. And just because of how it ended up looking during the shoot, they kind of decided, well, we have to play it that way now. I still think it comes off in, in like, just such a goofy way that it's not as awful as you you know it's not like we're watching last house on the left here <laughs> we're not um it's it's definitely not like yay this is my favorite scene in the movie but <laughs> that's good to know at least <laughs> yeah no it's no rape is always awful yeah. but <laughs> but um i i at least think that with jack frost they they tried to play it you know you can't it, a film like this you can't play it for seriousness really because <laughs> It wouldn't fit any of the rest of the films. <laughs> Is it played up too much for laughs, though? Eh, probably. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you, Darter, for the comment. Really appreciate it. Uh, next up is at NarcoticCasser1, and Casser is C-A-S-S-E-R, and one is just the number. And they say, just watch it for the first time this year, and as ton in- and as a ton-in-cheek schlockfest, it's damn near irresistible. <laughs> A hundred percent agree. It's absolutely why I love this film. It is once you see it, it is irresistible. It will be, it will become part of your Christmas tradition. Yeah, you know, this was actually uh, introduced to me by a friend of mine just years ago, and ever since then, Jack Frost has been like a go-to December horror movie for me. You know, like the first time I watch it, I was just like, "How have I not <laughs> seen this in my life up to this point?" <laughs> Uh, like all those times I passed it over at Blockbuster, just like you dumb shit. You could have been enjoying this movie at Christmas for years. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's it's a great film, definitely irresistible. Totally agree. So thank you, Narcotic Caster, for the comment. Uh, lastly, is at Jen underscore Peers P E A R S, and they say it's so good you'd think it was made in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely has has that feel to it. And I think it's because you know low budget, you really can't do much CGI, so everything's practical for the most part, with the exception of like weird blood cell shit. Yeah, yeah, this is just a great fun film. Yeah, you know it's funny. Uh, I mean, first of all, I agree with that. It does feel slightly reminiscent of the 80s i mean it i can definitely see how i can definitely see the early 90s vibe of this movie um but it does feel like that kind of late 80s uh just goofy all about the kills and gore kind of horror slasher film you know before we started getting really serious with these things and deciding that we had to you know have induced philosophical changes in every single person that watches a horror film (laughs) (laughs) and and yes that is a bit of a knock on how kind of just depressing a lot of stuff has been lately (laughs) don't get me wrong i love it and i love the movies that are coming out i just we need more like jack frost more movies like jack frost please you know a funny thing about this too is this film actually is shot relatively close to that like it was shot in the early 90s uh to my understanding and just because of financing issues and stuff like that they didn't get it released until 97 but no it does it does have all those 80s vibes to it and it's just good can't be fun (laughs) (laughs) And that's why it works. And actually, I, I think uh, there, I've read before that this movie was originally supposed to be a much bigger budget, like thirty million or something like that. Oh, and that and that it was going to have a different director. So I'm not quite sure what happened with that. 
and why Cooney ended up directing, but personally, I'm glad he did, because I yeah. think Cooney puts his heart and soul into this movie. <laughs> Very much, and I'm so glad that it stayed a B film, like a B, low-budget B movie, because I think that's what works for this storyline and everything like that. It's yeah, definitely. It's charming. Yeah, a, a remake today would have, like, a bad CGI snowman running around, and yeah. I just can't do that. <laughs> no, it'd be terrible. But anyway, so thank you, everyone, for the comments. We really appreciate them. Uh, so before we get into spoilers, we also like to do a tagline versus the movie, kind of what we think of the tagline in the movie overall. So the tagline for Jack Frost was, he's chillin' and killin'. <laughs> so what do you think about the tagline? What do you think about Jack Frost overall? Oh, fuck. Um, that tagline's amazing. Nope. Like, I'm... Look, I'm obsessed with this movie. It's... Everyone who listens to this knows I love gore. I love slasher films. So Jack Frost just checks so many fun boxes for me that makes it, you know, definitely high on the list of favorite films for me. And also with this, it's just like, you know, we talk about this with B-movies. Why Jack Frost is so great is because everybody who's in it, like, this is low budget. They had, I think, issues with shooting. There's no real snow in this fucking film. Like, and everybody's so in it to win it and committed to the story that they're telling that, like, you can feel the love for this film and this production just pouring out of it. And that's what I love about this film. No, definitely. I mean, uh, Christopher Alport, who plays our main character, Sam, I mean, he just seems like he's having a great time this whole movie. Like, you know, and maybe that's just part of his charm as an actor, but, I mean, the entire film, he just seems, like, cheery and enjoying what's happening on set, and, you know, and and that's kind of how everyone feels. Like, I don't... I know that, like, any set, you know, there's troubled issues, and and they have plenty of issues on this one, which we'll talk about. Um, But for the most part, you get a sense that people enjoyed being there, you know, doing this movie, and and maybe had a sense for what they were doing and what it was going to be. But but no, so uh, one thing I want to point out is we actually had the pleasure of having uh, Michael Cooney tweet along with us when I did our recent Killer Saturday with Jack Frost, and... For those that don't know, Killer Saturday, uh, hashtag Killer Saturday is a thing that we do on Twitter every week. On Saturdays, obviously, uh, where I host a double feature of horror films for us all to tweet along with. And uh, and anyway, Michael Cooney joined us for Jack Frost, which was great. We really appreciate him doing that. And uh, he he let us know a few things with the film that was pretty fun. So, you know, one thing I just want to mention, we keep talking about it being uh, low budget and campy and all that, is that... The reason that he said the reason that you don't see any distributor credits in the opening of the film is because no one actually wanted to take credit for Jack Frost at the oh. time. <laughs> uh, you know, like they, I, I get the sense that studios were so like, "What the fuck is this?" that <laughs> that they didn't want their name attached to it, which I think is a mistake because yeah. I mean, you see how much people really enjoy this film now, and you know, it just kind of speaks to me of like, there, there's just I don't get distributors and studios sometimes because. It feels like they're always shooting for like this hundred and twenty percent quality. Yeah, you know, and, and they and they forget sometimes that it's not quite like how good the film looks or how perfect it is that makes a good movie. There are plenty yeah. of perfect films out there that I don't like because yeah. they're boring, you know, <laughs> or 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 they're just or they just don't capture my imagination, you know, and it, That's normally my line. Sure, and Jack Frost, you know, is just one of those where like it's not perfect, but that's why we love it, you know. Anyway, so, so you know, so fuck those distributors. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he also mentioned 
I just want to point out the simplicity of how these things are concocted sometimes where, you know, he also mentions that the idea for the Jack Frost came from uh, just building a snowman outside his cabin outside L.A. somewhere with a few friends and thinking that the snowman looked kind of creepy. And then there you go. Jack Frost <laughs> is born, you know. So. <laughs> but no, but I'm glad that happened because this movie is just an endless amount of snowman references and and bad puns. I mean, you see snowman in like every other shot in this film. <laughs> I'd say you could do a drinking game to it, but you'd be shit faced real fast. You would die if you drank yes. to every snowman that appeared in this movie, not including Jack Frost. But it's just such a damn charming movie. I mean, this film bleeds Christmas. It's why it's, I, I think, an, an essential Christmas horror watch because, you know, there's some Christmas horror films that are kind of Christmassy here and there. But with Jack Frost, I mean, I swear to God, every scene of this film is just in imbued with the christmas spirits <laughs> yeah, there's decorations everywhere everyone's wearing ugly christmas sweaters everyone's really jolly and christmasy which is unnerving yeah. and, <laughs> and also kind of amazing um but anyway no so and as far as the tagline i mean yeah it's perfect chilling and killing you know it's it's dumb but it's fun and, i fucking love it so much and, and it, honestly it fits jack frost personality that sounds <laughs> like something jack frost would say you know so so no, so yeah, just fantastic film. Uh, so we're getting into the spoiler territory now after a quick break. So again, if you haven't seen it, do go check it out on Shutter, and I think it might also be on Prime or Tubi, one of those. But definitely go check it out. And if you have seen it, then we will see you back here in a second after our break. <laughs> if you've been enjoying Killer Horror Critic, please make sure to head to iTunes and leave a review and rating, as this helps the show get noticed by others and would be a huge favor to me. Also make sure to check out my Patreon, where you can receive access to exclusive content, such as bonus questions for each episode, extra episodes, and more. To find out details, visit www.patreon.com slash killerhorrorcritic. Thank you so much for your support, and I hope you enjoy tonight's episode. Alright, and welcome back to our episode here on the 1997 film Jack Frost. Again, this is nuts! The Michael Keaton version. <laughs> and I do have to wonder how many parents rented this one thinking it was the Michael Keaton movie, which just make me laugh every time I think about it. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> all, all the poor kids that, you know, I'm just imagining, I, we talked about this before, where like parents bring home, you know, a movie and then they think it's the right one and they just give it to the kids and the kids go off and watch it and the parents, you know, don't know. Like, I mean, my parents sure. would rent me shit all the time and then just leave, you know, they're not like screening the movie for me. So I'm just imagining all the kids that, like, sit down with their big kid faces all, like, <laughs> smiley and red and whatever. And uh, and they're like, yeah, Jack Frost. And then the movie starts and it's, you know, some crazy voice talking about, like, killing people. And, <laughs> and then a fucking dude, like, incinerating and becoming a snowman. And I was like, oh, what the hell is happening to Jack Frost? Um, anyway, so as usual, I want to start off with uh, just... You know, talking about specific people here in the film. So, you know, Jack Frost is a pretty eclectic cast, I guess you could say. You know, a lot of oddball characters. So, who is someone that you want to talk about in this film? So, I feel like I have to talk about Sally because I fucking love her. Sally is the wife of, like, I guess the town blowhard Jake. But this woman is, like, on a whole nother plane the entire movie. And I fucking love her. Like, the first time... <laughs> She has transcended into a Christmas dimension. <laughs> she really has. The first time we meet her, like, she's working on a snowman, and our sheriff, Sam, um, comes over, asks what she's working on. She's just like, I'm making wings. 
I always wanted to be the angel on the top of the tree. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this woman? Yeah. And it's just, she's not on screen for very long because she's like our third kill. But just the fact that like I am. We are entering spoiler territory. Oh yeah, so many spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, this bitch dies. She dies horribly. Yep. But, like, I'm convinced with Sally that, like, she has decided since she's married to this, like, rage machine that she will not allow herself to feel anything other than pure blissful joy about everything. She does not get mad. Like, her son gets fucking decapitated. And she's just like, do you want to turn the lights on the tree, hon? I, I would argue she's, it's gone beyond just choosing to be happy i i think she's legitimately off a rocker in oh absolutely uh like i said she has transcended to another plane where everything is christmas um because this woman lives and breathes christmas you she know? does Every, everything about her is christmas which is why i say you know she, you say she dies a horrible death but does she really? Because I would say she dies becoming what she always wanted to be, which is a Christmas ornament. <laughs> That's fair. And to be honest, she does not struggle against her death at all. She's just kind of like standing there being like, oh, you're going to no. wrap me up in Christmas lights? No, okay. Cause, yeah, because she's thinking to herself, finally, my dream is coming true. I, I am <laughs> the angel on the tree. A very bloody, grotesque angel, yep. but it's happened finally. <laughs> uh, I, For me, Sally's a good example of like really what I love about this film because we talked about it a little bit before, but every every actor in this film seemed to bring such like joy and fun to their characters and this this woman she's just fucking committed she's just like yep i'm gonna be this character yeah i don't think you mentioned played by kelly jean peters who yeah just does a great job with this character and i i do have more to say about her uh in a second but who i want to talk about is is the kid (laughs) ryan sam's kid played by zach edginton and I want to mention Ryan because, <laughs> uh, because as as I think it was Dami who mentioned earlier in our comments, uh, Ryan, it, there's something wrong with this kid, <laughs> you know. Because I don't know how old Zach was at the time of this filming, uh, but I can say by looking at the kid that he should be old enough to know certain things. <laughs> And one of those things, I think, is to know to not put antifreeze in oatmeal. <laughs> but he just wants to keep his dad warm. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I feel like even I knew better than that at whatever age this kid is, you know? I mean, it, basically the kid, again, I, I don't know if this is casting, you know, or, or, or if it's uh, intentional, but... Um, but the kid is written like he's supposed to be five. Yes. And, but the kid playing him, it feels like around 12, something like that, maybe even older. Uh, so it's just really hard for me to buy that he does not know what antifreeze is. And, you know, and then there's other moments. I mean, this kid is so dumb that, (laughs) that there's the moment where his mother, uh, asks him if he built the snowman outside, which is Jack Frost, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this snowman is so perfect, you know, like the Jack Snow, the Jack Frost snowman is so perfectly built, you know, like everything is, uh, uh, everything is measured correctly, you know, and fits and is correctly sized, whatever. And when she asked him that, he's so dumb that I just had the thought of, you think that fucking kid can build that <laughs> snowman? You think that kid has the ability to build the perfect snowman? <laughs> that kid, I'm surprised that kid puts pants on in the morning. Like, 
You know, like, who the fuck is this kid? <laughs> uh, I just like the fact that, like, she asked him that, and then it cuts to him decorating a cookie, which he's just smeared with frosting mm. and just coated in, like, sugar. And he's just like, I made a special cookie. Yeah, it looks delicious. I mean, it does, but, You would like, eat the crap out of that cookie. <laughs> I, Making fun of his cookies, you would eat that. To be fair, I eat the crap out of any cookie, but you also know my family with cookie decorating. We take that shit seriously. Yeah, I know. You all act like you're making art for something you're going to eat. <laughs> I am making art. You try uh, to turn a bell into a Dalek. I won't, because I'm just going to eat it anyways. <laughs> but no, but but he, he's such a dumb kid that, you know, it. <laughs> there's something like endearing about it, but then I also have to ask, like, you know, is there a future sequel where this kid becomes Jack Frost? Like, is this kid secretly psychotic? I mean, did he really not know what antifreeze is? Is he trying to kill his dad? <laughs> I, I like the idea that he is absolutely was just trying to murder his dad, and he is upset that it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> it's just like at, at a certain point, you just got to be like, is my kid actually trying to kill me, or is he just really this dumb? <laughs> well, and I'm honestly about the mom because she's in that kitchen the entire time like bitch did you not notice he was putting antifreeze in the oats also where did he get the antifreeze I you know don't like know. It, do they have antifreeze just sitting out in the kitchen like is it is it a regular ingredient in their dishes is that why they're all so kooky in oh, this town <laughs> that'd be fucking weird uh i mean it is like a winter snowy town so they would have to have antifreeze but like no, i get that but, but i don't know, like we always kept it in the garage like you don't put that shit anywhere in the house right so, so you gotta again you have to wonder you know this kid's going out to the damn garage for ingredients for the for the cookies and the oatmeal so <laughs> But no, yeah, I, I just wanted to point out that I, I legitimately believe that this kid is a future Jack Frost killer. Probably. <laughs> it's for the sequel, Michael. <laughs> so bring the kid back somehow. <laughs> okay, I mean, speaking about the kid being a murderer, like with, with Jack Frost, does he remind you of any like real life killers or paying homage to any of our like horror icons? Oh, definitely. I mean... You know, Jack Frost, when you look at him, something I like about this movie is that he, he feels like a conglomeration of just, like, all these uh, great horror villains in film mm -hmm. and also just real-life killers, you know? So, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of little examples of this, like, uh, I get sort of an... Uh, I guess sort of a Ed Gein vibe when you think about the fact that he was a cannibal and he... So that's my question. Is he a cannibal or is he just putting human parts in the pies? No, he's a cannibal, I think, because uh, I'm pretty sure the opening voiceover mentions he's a cannibal. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it mentions that he eats people. Okay. <laughs> I don't and, know if that makes me feel better or worse. I mean, regardless, he's still putting body parts in <laughs> pies, you know? So, I mean, there's a, if he's not a cannibal, then he's a uh, cannibal in training, let's say, you know? He, <laughs> He's a, he's a, he has cannibal curiosity. <laughs> you know, it's like developing a new fetish. Like, you're a little curious. You haven't fully gone into it yet. So for now, I'm going to put the fingers in the pie, and eventually I'll just eat the fingers. He's, so <laughs> He's cannibal curious. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so he's a little bit cannibal curious, a little bit Ed Gein. Uh, he also kind of reminds me of Sweeney Todd a bit with the pies and, yeah. and whatnot. He's part Zodiac killer with the letters that he's writing, <laughs> which... 
which the sheriff, Sam, just for some reason has posted up in the office, you know, like they want to remember these murderous letters. It's the only love letters that sheriff's ever getting. He wants to remember them. Right. Yeah. No, his wife's too busy helping the kid put antifreeze in the cooking. <laughs> you know, she's trying to kill him. So this is probably the only love letter he's ever gotten. So. Yep. <laughs> but no, but he reminds me of all those. Uh, he's a little bit Chucky by possessing the snowman. He kind of has that. Uh, he kind of has that Chucky sort of child's play attitude where. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a little bit Freddy too, you know, where those two are just constantly uh, riffing on people and coming up with one-liners during kills. You know, it's so much Charles Lee Ray and whatnot. Yeah, like for me, it's like the Chucky really comes out and he's got lines like as he's about to get hit with something, he's just like, oh, this is going to hurt. All these mm. weird asides and like when he's just like, look, mom, a Picasso. <laughs> like for me, that's all just like pure Chucky. Well, and it's why we love Jack Frost, I think, and and why this film has uh, garnered such a cult following. Because, because I, I don't know about you, but I I love those killers. Like I know yes. Jason's your favorite, <laughs> but but the reason I love Freddy is because I I like I I like <laughs> these witty uh, villains that are just having fun. Because to me, there's something that's even more villainous about yes. that. You know, there's something even creepier about that. Uh, the fact that they enjoy it so much, you know, Jason, you always just get the sense of like, Jason, just like get off my lawn. <laughs> you know, he's, he's the old man yelling no, at no, kids no, to get no, off no. their gun. <laughs> Jason is an artist. He just works in the human body. Sure. Jason, <laughs> Jason is the quiet artist in the corner. He's the wallflower in the room, you know, yes. shy and doesn't want to talk to anybody. Meanwhile, the Jack Frost and the Freddies and the Chuckies, they're like the center of the party getting all the attention and <laughs> yelling, throwing paint everywhere. Exactly. So so Jack Frost reminds me a lot like that. And it's that, you know, there there's a charm to that. Like this this maniacal killer that just loves what they do. And it, and it comes out in really specific ways. Like I love when uh, I think his name is Stone, the scientist who created yeah. the thing. I, I love when he's like questioning Jack of well, what's it like, you know, to please, if anything, tell me what it's like. And and Jack is humoring him, you know, he's like letting him ask these questions because yeah. um, it's amusing to Jack. And then he's like, what is it like, you know, knowing that you have immortality? And Jack is like, mm, mm, let me see. Uh, it's cold. And he like, you know, goes and bites his head off. Like that kind of thing. It just it brings such a life to the movie. Yeah. You know, it's because Jack's just not this boring killer that's just sulking in the darkness you know <laughs> like he he's the light of the film and so there's it just brings such an energy to jack frost that no matter how low budget or campy or whatever anything is that that energy is allowing you to just have a good time with it so very much so honestly for me i kind of felt like um the the actor playing jack scott mcdonald was channeling jack nicholson a bit Okay. And specifically, Jack from The Shining and The Joker. I can definitely see Joker. The Shining, not as much. The (laughs) Shining for me is more like when um, Jack Frost is still human. Like, and he's very, like, intimidating and intense and slightly off his rocker. Like, that's kind of the moment for me that I kind of see more of that like jack from the shining but really it's about the joker it's the fact that he's got like the themed kills that's the thing for me with with jack frost and i know it's because it's a christmas film and everything like that um but that sense of humor we were talking about combined with very specific like themed kills to keep it all like wintry and christmas like i don't know maybe it's just the comic book nerd in me that's just kind of like 
Mm, he's Winter Joker. Well, so and something else about Jack that that I think really plays into kind of one of my like observations of this movie is that you know we often hear story. You know, you also you often hear that thing of like killers aren't born they're created you know and like yeah. through, through your environment and how you grew up and everything and they kind of hint at that a little bit in the voiceover uh which to my understanding first of all that's michael cooney's voice uh doing the storytelling oh in the beginning that's cool um both voices i don't think the little girl although yeah. i could be wrong but <laughs> <laughs> uh but i but i do know that that's him doing the main voice uh, of the uncle or dad or whatever um and apparently that was like written the night beforehand i guess because they needed something a little extra for it but but it works i mean that's yeah, that's some damn good writing for overnight but anyway like during that voiceover you know they there's some speculation of uh what jack's life was like you know did he have a bad upbringing do you have a good upbringing we don't really know and i just look at jack and i'm like you know what I bet you Jack was bullied growing up, and I bet you he was bullied <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's partially what led him to killing it. And the reason I say that is I actually view this movie as being your sort of traditional Christmas story, you know, kind of like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and those kind of tales. Okay. Um, specifically, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> All right. And, and so let me get, let me kind of get into how here. So the reason I'm bringing it up is because we're talking about you know, Jack and how he was bullied. And I feel like Jack ends up going after the entire family that he does because of that one kid who gets his head <laughs> chopped off by the sled. Because uh, that kid says something about the snowman. I don't, yeah. I don't remember if he calls him, like, ugly or stupid or whatever. But he says something about Jack. And then that, and then Jack kills that kid, you know, and, and saves little Ryan from being bullied. <laughs> Um, but then for no reason whatsoever, Jack spends the rest of the film killing off the family that that kid is a part of. Yes. <laughs> that's Those are most of the deaths in this movie is just going through that family. You know, he goes after, what's her name? Sally, uh, yep. her husband. Uh, he goes after um, Shannon Elizabeth, who plays the daughter. Yep. You know, he and, and it's not like it's not like they're just there in his way. He's actually, like, going to <laughs> he, where they are. He's, he's tracking them. He's hunting them. He's hunting them. He decides to kill this whole fucking family because this kid makes a comment about how he looks stupid or something, right? Well, and to be fair, Jack also witnesses that dad, Jake, being an asshole and kind of bullying Sam the sheriff. He does, but I think it's less of that. <laughs> <gasps> Fuck the dad. It's all about the kid. <laughs> well, so anyway, so... So I do think that Jack is going after this whole family because of bullying, you know? And yeah. so maybe Jack was bullied when he was a kid, and now he, like, stands up against bullies, or he doesn't or he doesn't like bullying. He's a bully himself, but he doesn't like people <laughs> who bully him, right? So anyway, how this is kind of the Grinch stole Christmas to me. This is it, fascinating. <laughs> it should be. Because um, <laughs> it probably doesn't make any sense. But how this is the Grinch stole Christmas to me is, you know... First of all, the tone of the movie. The tone of the movie is very much like Christmas spirit. Yes. You know, because again, a lot of what you see in these Christmas horror films is sort of a uh, sort of a bastardization of Christmas, you know, where Christmas is seen as, as, as Silent Night puts it, you know, there's the line from the grandfather where he says, Christmas Eve is the scariest goddamn night of the year, you know, something <laughs> like that. Christmas is perceived as something to be afraid of in most of those movies, in yes. most Christmas horror films. 
And Jack Frost, Christmas is a delight. Christmas yeah. is Christmas it's, is wonderful. It's you know? a celebration. Like, it's a celebration. Snowminton loves Christmas. You know, <laughs> this town loves its snow people and Christmas. And Christmas is everywhere. And it's never, ever perceived as something that you're supposed to be afraid of. You know, yeah. it, it just happens to be that Jack Frost is here on Christmas. So first of all, it has that kind of spirit of it, of we're not demonizing Christmas here. We're telling you a story that takes place on Christmas. Yeah. So there's that first. And then, you know, there's kind of like the opening Dr. Seuss sort of opening yeah. <laughs> uh, with that voiceover. You know, mm -hmm. it's got all those rhymes that are kind of like referencing Jack and the Giant Beanstalk, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, Very traditional Christmas story opening. Have to have the narrator. Definitely. Christmas or Snowminton itself sounds like a Christmas type town, right? Yep. Like where all the Who's live. <laughs> it's essentially Whoville. Uh, Exactly. No, it is. It yeah. really is essentially Whoville, where Ooh. this entire town praises this holiday and whatnot. Yeah. Along um, with your theme, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. So then it, and then, you know, it eventually all kind of comes down to um, this town essentially comes together with the spirit of Christmas and helping each other and taking care of one another and, and defeats Jack Frost together and melts his grinchy hearts, you know? <laughs> Only in this case, it's literally that they melt the hearts. Yep. <laughs> But, you know, so so all that kind of plays into it, and I could go on forever about how this is like that, but then there's also, like, little Rudolph-type themes, like, I feel like, you know, the, the cop Sam is not picked on necessarily uh, by the townspeople, but he's kind of like Rudolph in the sense that he's kind of underestimated, you know, yeah. and... I mean, the the FBI agent, Agent, um, agent Manners, won't let him play his reindeer games... Indeed, he won't yeah, let him, very nice. It. <laughs> uh, yeah, he won't let him play his reindeer games. He must be like such a bitch sheriff that, you know, this kid that's bullying <laughs> right in the beginning is doing it on the cop's front lawn and right? trespassing <laughs> on his front lawn. You know, so clearly these kids don't think he's anybody worth giving a crap about. Well, those two kids uh, go to have sex in his house. Yeah, yeah, no, those two kids do that. So no one's afraid of this sheriff, right? <laughs> they don't see him as authority. You know, and then you have the one guy, too, who even tells him after after Sam almost shoots him in the face, he's like, oh, ha, ha, we all know you couldn't hit a, the broad side of a barn, you know? <laughs> so, like, clearly this town, whether or not they like Sam, they don't really respect him as yeah. the authority. You know, so it's also like Rudolph in the sense of, like, he's coming together and showing his value, right? So, exactly. so, so yeah, at the end of it, it, it all, like, <laughs> some of you might be laughing, but it is all really a traditional Christmas tale, you know, about, about the Christmas spirit and family and love and all that. <laughs> we even have a Christmas miracle. Jack Frost doesn't get executed. He gets to become a snowman to remind us all of the spirit of Christmas, which is indeed <laughs> to come together to murder him, apparently. Sure. I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of those Christmas movies growing up. I just marathon Muppets Christmas Carol like 80 times a month. Yeah. Well, and then the last thing, too, is, you know, it's also, I, I mean, you look at Sam's family, you know, where they've got this fucking dumbass murdery kid and, <laughs> <laughs> and and a cop that, you know, is plagued by uh, memories of Jack and this killer. And yet you look at them and they're all fairly functional. They're a fairly functional family, you know, like they, no, 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 because they <laughs> think about it this way. 
they they support each other. Yes. You know, so even the, even though this kid is making fucking cookies with antifreeze, you know, the dad's not scolding him for that. The dad is just appreciative that he tried, right? Yeah. And the, and before he knows that antifreeze is in it, he goes to throw out the cookies and then he pulls them out of the trash because he's like, you know what? My kid made these. Uh, Sam himself could be a hell of a lot more depressed <laughs> yep. uh, with these memories of Jack, but instead he's kind of a cheery guy, right? So, so this family relatively supportive of each other despite all of their issues. Meanwhile, you look at Chan Elizabeth's family and they're all a bunch of dysfunctional assholes. And that is also a reason why they don't they get all Christmas. Di- they all die and, <laughs> and Sam's family doesn't because, you know, it's sort of saying like, this is what happens when you're not like this traditional supportive <laughs> Christmas family, right? Oh, and Sally just got caught in the crossfires. And Sa- yeah, although Sally was also dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah, but she loved Christmas. Well, fair enough. Okay, kind of talking about Christmas and Christmas themes. Like our whole month is about, you know, winter and snow. And this movie doesn't really have snow. So in your opinion, does the fake snow in this film like help it or hurt it? I think it helps it, honestly. So, so for those who don't know, Jack Frost, it, it's not like they chose to go shoot in the <laughs> summer somewhere, all right? So, <laughs> so Jack Frost was shot during the winter. It just happened to be shot during a drought where it was much warmer than expected. Uh, and I've heard anywhere from like 70 degrees to 90 degrees on some days. Oh, shit. You know, and they just didn't have any snow. Like, uh, as far as I think Michael Coon even mentioned during our watch along that there's not a single fleck of real snow in this film. Other, But he also mentioned like maybe a scene or two where they had snow like trucked in from a neighboring county or something like that. Mm-hmm. But no, for the most part, it is 100% fake styrofoam snow. And, you know, for some of you wondering like, well, why would they do that? Oh, it's the filmmaking business, you know? Yeah. You, you unfortunately just can't predict when certain things are going to happen so you know for a film for instance i mean there is months and sometimes over a year of prep work that goes into this stuff so you know it's kind of one of those things of like come hell or high water like you're shooting the film (laughs) during a scheduled time because you have you have backers and producers distributors all that stuff that that have a plan for the film and need the film at a certain time so if you get to your shooting day and it just happens that the weather's not working out for you, well, it's kind of like, well, too fucking bad. You got to do something about it. So, uh, and anybody who's familiar, who like lives in in wintry areas, like y'all know that winter, you can't predict it. Like Matt and I got married in October and there was snow, and then there was no snow in Wisconsin for all of November after it. Yeah, Michael Cooney's probably listening. Like, damn it, wish I'd had that snow <laughs> for my movie. Damn it. <laughs> um, uh, but no, but yeah, it's so all the snow's fake. Uh, Michael Coon even told me that they had uh, snow wranglers for the film, where they were Aww. like trying to trying to make what little snow on screen they have like look as perfect and snowy as possible, right? But I think it, I honestly think it helps because you know mo- there are th- there's definitely an audience that looks at this film and at, at the first glance that they see this fake snow, they immediately tune out because there are just those people where like. If it's not perfect, they think it's a bad movie, which I'll never understand. But but for me, I, I look at that, and it's all just part of the charm of it. Like, yeah. I, I personally love seeing a tree with very obvious, like, snowy, like, velvet, or, or not velvet, but, like, some kind of material or styrofoam or whatever. I 
I, I love seeing that and seeing that it's so obvious at times, you know? <laughs> like, right? Like, that's the thing for me. This whole film kind of feels otherworldly, which is what we normally get in Christmas movies. Like, this otherworldly sense of, of location and where you're at. And it's this weird thing for me that I feel like if they had real snow, it would ground this film in a way that doesn't work for it. Like, I... I know that they're they're probably not super happy, but I fucking love the fact that they like tried to make it look like there were snow banks on buildings with blankets, and then the after actors fucking tripped on those blankets. <laughs> like that's so charming to me. There's such a like charm to how hard they tried to like have this stuff and it not working, but it 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 added to that that otherworldly feel that I think is what I love about this film. Well, uh, first I'll say you know. First off, I do want to give credit to the production design team because, you know... They work the mo- so fucking hard. Well, they work so hard, and for the most part... I, I the For the most part, the filmmaking magic works, you know? For, for the most part, I get the sense that it's cold in this movie, right? Yes. Like, you don't... They did a great job of not having people just, like, sweating like it's 90 <laughs> degrees out, you know? They, they did a really good job of making you feel like there's a winter environment in this town... And, you know, and personally, there's really only a couple shots where I think the snow is so obvious that it's fake. You know, other than that, though, you can kind of buy it. And yeah. so so credit to them for that. But but also, I agree with you. I think that, you know, having the sort of fake snow everywhere does kind of make the film feel like its own different little world. Right. Like like this town that has just been drinking antifreeze you know? <laughs> and, and has gone so loony that. They just love Christmas so much that even in the summer, they hang up all this shit to make it look like it's winter, right? Well, and it's this thing for me of, like, I think that the Jack Frost costume is really good, but it's hard to do a practical costume like that without it, you know, being apparent that it's not real snow. Oh, Michael says that that costume was so difficult to work with and so bulky that they could barely move it. It couldn't fit through doorways, (laughs) which is why you never see Jack actually enter. Fucking love that. (laughs) Um, But it's that thing of, I think if that suit had to be around real snow more often, like it just wouldn't gel the way that it does. And I, I think it's a happy accident. I think that this film is so much stronger for not having snow. Right. No, I, I agree, honestly. I really do. Um, you know, and speaking of uh, speaking of happy accidents, uh, so about the accident with Jack Frost getting the acid all over him, <laughs> you know, I just want to ask you, I, I feel like this film personally has kind of a viewpoint on government and that sort of stuff. So, like, what do you see when you watch this film where the government has created some kind of acid that, like, turns people into whatever they bind with i don't know i don't know the details of it but i i think it's honestly so fucking fascinating because like with this film we see it a lot you know government experiments like fucking up a small town Mm. um and we usually have some sense that the government doesn't really care about what's going on like jack frost like ramped it up to 11 about like the government does not give a fuck Mm. because like the whole experiment is that they're trying to like preserve humans in case there's like a nuclear holocaust like that's what this experiment is about which is kind of terrifying (laughs) but like when you listen to dr stone like talk about it he is delighted to find out that this solution like shows that there's a soul which basically means that the government was willing to like try to keep people but not as like 
souls or people. They just didn't give uh, a fuck. I, th- I think that's going a little too far with it. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think the soul thing has much to do with it. For, for, for me, that character is just playing your typical tropey. Uh, I'm in love with my own experiment kind oh, of character. He wants to fuck Jack Frost. Oh yeah, no, no. Stone, Stone absolutely has a stone in his pocket for Jack Frost. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I mean, there. There's one scene, I think, when they're in the sheriff's station and Jack Frost is, like, outside where I swear to God it looks like Stone just came in his pants, you know? Oh, <laughs> Stone, that entire scene is just give me, giving uh, the doorway, like, fuck me eyes. He He's orgasming just thinking about Jack Frost touching him in that he, scene. <laughs> he was so excited when Jack Frost went inside him to kill him. Like, it was his wet dream come true. <laughs> Ultimate dream. Um, But, no, I, I think when I look at this, it you know, it's it's the sort of typical portraying government as just like completely useless yep uh but it feels so different in 2020 you know and, and here's the thing i mean you know th- this stuff's always been around in the genre it's why i love horror because horror i think actually is better than any other genre at pointing out the uh the fallacies of of government right absolutely and, and you know john carpenter's really well known for that for having a lot of these like anti-authoritarian movies and stuff uh like they live and whatnot but so so it's a tropey concept, but watching it in 2020, it just it, it has like a new sort of vibe to it, you know, not to get political for a second, but it's like um, but it's like you watch you watch these bumbling fucks <laughs> come into this town, uh, Stone and Agent Manners. They are completely unprepared yep. <laughs> for anything they're going to face like they have they have no you know, Stone has the moment where he says, I told you, conventional weapons won't work. Well, guess what? They didn't bring any unconventional nope. weapons, you know, so they brought nothing in preparation. <laughs> they only brought the two of them for what is likely, and they likely know, is going to be something that's kind of unstoppable. Yep. Um, they have, like, no assistance from the rest of the government. And, you know, it just, it starts to feel like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I live in 2020. I can I can see how this is accurate about our government, because it's like... You know, I mean, here we are living in a pandemic and, you know, I don't care Republicans or Democrats like I I lean Democrat, but I'll just say this. Fuck all of them. You know, I mean, (laughs) I mean, just the incompetence is incredible. I mean, you're talking about, you know, sorry, we're energetic about this, but it's like (laughs) we're recording this as, you know, the the six hundred dollars stimulus has just been passed. And it's like and it's like you're so fucking out of touch. (laughs) To be saying, oh hey, you haven't uh, you haven't been able to pay rent for like nine months. Here's six hundred dollars. That should take care of it, right? You know, and it's just you look at all that, and it just I, I don't know. It this theme of just government incompetence is just rampant all throughout Jack Frost. It's rampant all throughout our own fucking lives. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for me the best example of that is the government employee who is driving the acid through a snowstorm and goes, huh. I'm going to get a drink out of my thermos right now. Right. <laughs> and crashes the car. Dumb fucking asshole. Right. So even more incompetence, you know. So so to me, it's like you watch this and, you know, it's cathartic in a sense. It's like, it's like oh, the Christmas miracle when, <laughs> when the fucking government is destroyed by their own yeah. mistake, right? You know, like I always, I always love seeing that sort of comeuppance in these horror films because the government's just always fucking around with shit they shouldn't be. Or not doing shit about the shit they should be. Yep. Uh, so it's all it's a little gift to all of us <laughs> to see Stone and Agent Manners get theirs. <laughs> Can I interject just one real quick minute and say I'm pretty sure the government is already experimenting on this town. 
because the townsfolk are so fucking weird <laughs> that like there's no way that I told like, you they've all been drinking antifreeze. Apparently, like there's something off about this town. Maybe they're a cult or it's it's government experimentation. Yeah. But 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 I'll just throw in a couple examples in case anyone's like I think you're going a little too far with the government incompetence theme. Uh, look, the, the movie's very clearly trying to say that. All right, because there's a couple scenes, like the one scene where Marla says. Uh, you know, it's quicker than a jury when all the dudes go running out to go shoot Jack Frost. I am never for, you know, uh, that sort of like mob mentality of people mm-hmm. just going out with guns and shooting who they think are the villains. But in this case, Marla makes a point, you know, like <laughs> she's trying. It's like a commentary on how the government system is so slow, you know. I mean, they'll be waiting years before anyone does anything about Jack Frost, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's another comment where Agent Manners is, you know, he says something to Sam about like, we got to get to the crime scene, and then Sam gives him a look, and he's like, oh, excuse me, uh, Sally and whatever's house. You know, like, <laughs> he just says it so sarcastically of just, you know, how he looks at these people as just numbers, right? So, I mean, my best example for it is, like, the government's coming in and trying to take control, and they're looking at a map, and they don't even know what they're looking at. Like, Sam has to constantly be like, nope, this is open field, this is open, you're not protecting shit because you don't know our town. Right. So, so the end of the story is, you know, Democrat or Republican, I don't fucking care. Just fuck government. Government. <laughs> fuck all those fuckers. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, so guys, start wrapping up here. So who's your killer idiot of Jack Frost? A motherfucker with a thermos. You're in a sto- snowstorm, bitch. Like, don't pour yourself a drink. He causes all of this. It's his fault. Really, He's I, the idiot. I, I, I think it's the I think it's uh, Stone who's horny for Jack Frost and and who's the one who created this in the first place. I mean, he's kind of a fucking idiot. Uh, he's look, also an idiot. Look, you got you got a giant killer snowman possessed by a serial killer attacking you, and he's like, "Don't hurt him! Don't hurt him!" Everyone's <laughs> got a fetish. I don't know. They got their kinks. This goes beyond fetish. All right, this is like he's in love, Matthew. Th- this is this is like if I if you became look. <laughs> this is like if I created a werewolf, right? A, a giant, like, 20-foot-tall... That's a big werewolf. 20-foot-tall werewolf. I am adopting just, him. That was just attacking the city, and then the government starts shooting it. And I'm like, no, don't hurt him. He doesn't mean it. Because that's your puppy. You can't abandon your puppy to the government. Yeah, but he's killing thousands of people. Well, train <laughs> him better. That's on you. Look, you get my point, all right? I do. He's, he's trying to defend a serial killer possessed snowman. Like, you're not. He's just really horny. Kind of a dumbass, especially when it's going to kill you. Like, that Jack has no care for stone whatsoever, all right? He's just horny like that. I don't know. Sure. So, uh, what about your killer death of Jack Frost? I mean, I have to go with my girl, Sally. I feel like she's got the best death. It's super brutal because, like, she just gets her face shoved into ornaments and thrown up on the tree. But I think to your point earlier, she gets what she always wanted in life. So it's a horrible death that results in her dream coming true. It's pretty awful. Um, I would definitely say it's probably the quote-unquote best death, you know, in that Mm -hmm. it's the... It's it's the most extended, and it definitely has a lot going on for it. Um, but I just ended up putting the kid who gets beheaded by the snow sled because <laughs> not only is that ridiculous because that has to be the sharpest fucking sled on the planet. Right. Um, but also, fuck that kid. Yep. <laughs> I'm a very big anti-bullying advocate, so anytime I see a bully like that, I get theirs. You know, it's, it's pretty satisfying. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, who's your killer MVP of Jack Frost? Look, I just really love the Jack Frost snowman outfit because it's amazing and fantastic and it makes me giggle. So I guess then it goes to the the costume designer, which is uh, Marina uh, Buchwald. 
mm-hmm. thing is how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, she just did a great, or they just did a great job with that that snowman outfit. Also, the uh, the winter sex scene where they actually remove all their layers is the most like accurate I've ever seen. So props to that as well. Yeah, uh, for the costume designer, I mean. Yeah. Are you one of those people that looks at the cover of Jack Frost and thinks, well, Hawkeye doesn't look like the snowman on the box art? <laughs> uh, no, because most of the movies I see, you show me, so I don't see the posters until, like, later on. Oh, well, that's fair. I, he does get those teeth when he bites Agent Manners. He does. My my buddy Mark pointed out, though, not, like, pointed out some, like, revelation to me that I've never noticed before, but he, he pointed out that uh, Jack doesn't look like the cover on the box because the cover on the box has like the green eyes and everything. Yeah. And to me, I'm just like, good. good. He looks, he looks better this way, you know, not yeah. ha- having the, the black snowman eyeballs or even when he doesn't have eyeballs. It's creepy. It's like a shark. Right. It looks creepier that way. If you gave him green eyes, it, they'd probably be CG and it would just look terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coal eyes are better. They are. So, <laughs> so screw the box art people, you know, they should have, they should have put those, that the real Jack Frost face on there. But well, then parents definitely would have gotten confused. That's true, actually, so maybe that's why. But Because uh, he does look like a relatively harmless snowman. He looks super harmless. <laughs> All right, so my MVP is actually uh, writer-director Michael Cooney. And Fuck yeah. The reason I say it is, you know, I usually don't like to give it to directors and writers because when you think MVP, you kind of think, well, obviously, you know, they're the MVP because <laughs> they, they came up with the damn thing or made it. But, but you know, in this case, I, I do want to give it to Michael Cooney, and it's because... I I really appreciate a film like Jack Frost where no matter how small the budget, no matter the limitations, like the fact that they had no snow, Cooney gets through all of that and his, and his script shines through. And that and that's the thing with Jack Frost is like despite all of its limitations and imperfections, uh the the passion for the story itself and what's on paper uh, comes through so well in the film that you're able to overlook all of that if if you give it a chance, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I just really admire that, you know, because there's tons and tons uh, of these low-budget, limited uh, horror films that have great scripts but maybe don't come through uh, in the process. And in Cooney's case, you know, the script is just so good. It's so rich with just, like, energy and fun <laughs> and these puns and everything that that all of that comes through in the movie like there's a clear passion for the film yeah you know and, and so i just have to hand it to him that he managed to turn what was really probably a bad situation in making the film into something that we're all still enjoying decades later so oh yeah <laughs> but all right so as we like to do at the uh end of the month for all of our topics is rank you know what we've talked about that month so this month with our snowbound horror we've talked about uh, Dead Snow, Jack Frost, Frozen, uh, The Thing. So how would you rank these four at the end here? Uh, so number four is very obviously Frozen for me. It's a great film, but it fucking stresses me out. Stressful I, movie. I don't ever want to watch that film again if I don't have to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, my, my rankings are all on, like, rewatchability, things I want to watch over and over and over and over and over again. I am. I struggled with number two and number three because my mm. number one is clear, but two and three is a struggle. So I put them in the order I did for you, my love, 
Okay. Uh, so Jack Frost came in at number three for me. I fucking mm. love this film, but it came in at number three. Number two is The Thing. You don't like The Thing more than Jack Frost. Get out of here. <laughs> I, it's true. I no, don't. we we all know that The Thing's your number three and Jack yeah. Frost is two. <laughs> you know what? Every once in a while, I want to try and put things in the order you, people will, will you can't, respect you can't, me for. <laughs> you can't fool me. <laughs> okay, fine. The Thing is number three because the practical effects are great. Um, but it's not Jack Frost, and there's no puns. It's it's a bleak movie, yeah. It is, and I love fucking puns. So, Jack Frost at number two, and Dead Snow is my absolute favorite of what we watched this movie. I could watch Dead Snow over and over, like, a bajillion times in the same month. Okay, so it's pretty different rankings here this time. Uh, <laughs> I, I also have Frozen at four. Um, again, I actually think all four of these are great films, uh, but, but Frozen is the one that I... We'll revisit the least of the four, even though it is a really solid movie. But it, but it is bleak and it's not fun, and you know it's because it's stressful. <laughs> and it is a stressful <laughs> film, so so it's not one I'm going to revisit as often. Uh, Dead Snow comes in at number three. <gasps> you can give me that face all you want, but Dead Snow is number three. Uh, look, I think it's a fun film. I just happen to think that Jack Frost is more fun. So, <laughs> Fine. Uh, so so Jack Frost is my number two, and then of course the thing is number one. I I think of the course. thing is the best sci-fi horror film ever made maybe uh next to alien with it you know maybe those two are kind of neck and neck for me mm-hmm. uh, but it's right up there so no surprise i knew what your list was gonna be i'm sure you did but this is what you knew what mine was gonna be or but anyway so that's our discussion here on jack frost so that'll do for that we're gonna move into our patreon stuff now where we're gonna talk about uh, maybe stories that we've told kids that are inappropriate, as the narrator does with the little girl here in the beginning about Jack Frost. Uh, we'll also talk about what are some things that are kind of random that we'd like to see possessed, you know, as how Jack possesses Snowman here. So if you'd like to hear that, just go to patreon.com slash killerhorrorcritic for just a dollar a month. You get access to all of our additional bonus content. Uh, we also have uh, bonus episodes, uh, voting on what we talk about each month, uh, weekly list kind of telling you what horror what horror films are coming out that you should check out uh, stuff like that so again please go to patreon.com slash kill horror critic for that all of your support really helps us and helps us pay our writers and keeps us going uh, also shout out to our killer members uh, Ben Scounton, Michael Campbell Seth Vermonten, Kelsey Lynn and Martin Achetta just thank you so much for all of your support and, and what you do for us as well and that's going to do it for us on Jack Frost. Uh, we have not yet announced our theme for next month, but by the time you'll be hearing this, uh, we'll hopefully have a schedule put together for that and have released it on Twitter uh, and Facebook. And until then, just happy holidays, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Hope you're doing well. And here's fingers crossed that 2021 will be a better year because <laughs> by the time you're listening to this, or because by the time you hear the next episode, it'll be 2021 already. So just happy New Year's all, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and hopefully we've helped keep you entertained, and uh, you know at least take your mind off of this stupid year <laughs> once a week for a couple hours, and and hopefully that's helped. So anyway, I'm Matt, and I'm Chris, and have a great night, horror fans. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Killer From Space, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled. 
just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans. <laughs>